This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, buddy. Let's actually get into uh, let's get into this 2023 Patriots season. And right off the bat, I got to ask you. Um, I want to ask you about yesterday's big news. Uh, the Patriots add a little value and veteran presence in the backfield. I think they made the perfect move with Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. That makes a lot of sense because he can be running back one A as Brees Hall continues his recuperation and rehab from his torn ACL. The Pats needed a 1B with a little pop left in his legs who could provide veteran depth. And they get that, I think, in Ezekiel Elliott, that one-year deal for $4 million, up to $6 million. What did you think when you heard the Pats sign Zeke? Hey, look, I, th- I hope it points back to what you referenced off the top here in this, in this interview. And that is, if you go back to the old days, right? You go back mm-hmm. to that 2001 season and you look at how we played the game, you know, uh, a lot of run game, creative in the run game, uh, sticking with the run game, going with big personnel, um, mixing in the throws. A lot of it was the intermediate stuff, right? It wasn't a, we've never been known for down the field, you know, unbelievable plays, right? It's it's not in you know the DNA of how most of the the, the successful teams in the last twenty years have done it. I hope that this signing of Ezekiel Elliott is. Uh, beckoning back to those those days right Mm -hmm. where we're gonna see billy o'brien give mac a lot in the in the in the throwing game to play with because he's creative he's good he'll work in the tear screens the bubble screens the misdirection type of stuff keep them keep them honest up front defensively right Mm -hmm. with their personnel package but i hope we're gonna see a return to that run game where they're mixing in the big personnel, adding an extra offensive lineman, working some of these tight ends into some of these wham blocks and and misdirectional run, going up there with a check with me game that includes three runs and no passes, right? Um, Because when we did that, man, was that a powerful tool for the quarterback, for the wide receiver. It worked for everyone. And the offensive linemen love it. And by the way, it exposes your offensive line a lot less, right? You're you're not going to show where there could be some chinks in the armor or some guys that haven't developed fully because they haven't had the time. And, oh, by the way, you don't get to practice very much in the National Football League today. So what's a lot easier is being able to develop the things like the run game not always easier. Maybe that's not the right way to say it, but you can have more success early by pounding those guys up front defensively with an offensive line 
that's willing to go out there and get it. That's what I hope Ezekiel Elliott can bring. He's a guy that he's not trying to avoid you. He'll he'll hit you in the mouth when he needs to. And that burst, if he still has it, and I'm sure he's got it enough for what we're talking about, could play huge for this season. Yeah, he doesn't want to be – he's not going to be the 1A anymore. He's definitely going to be an established 1B for Ramondre. We saw the Ramonster wear down as the season progressed last year. He only had 210 carries for 1040 yards and five touchdowns on the ground, but he also had 69 catches. So he got used, I think, a lot more than he was prepared to because Damian Harris was dinged up last year. Zeke has soft hands. He has over 300 catches, 8,300 yards on the ground, uh, and I think 68 touchdowns on the ground. It's very funny, Matt. I saw earlier today on Instagram, and if I saw it on the socials, it has to be true. The numbers line up career-wise when you guys acquired in 2004 Corey Dillon, who was supposed to be washed and was supposed to be all done with Zeke Elliott, like carries, touchdowns, yards, years in the league. Corey Dillon was done in Cincinnati because that was a loserville franchise at the time. Obviously, things have changed for them. The, The Cowboys have moved on to Tony Pollard, parting ways with Zeke. If he's got a little tread left on the tires, some motivation, he's getting paid pretty good money now, and a little gas left in the tank, not to mention his tremendous pass protection. You know, if the offensive line has some gelling or some health issues, a guy like Zeke is not, like you said, he doesn't run from, he runs to contact, and he may just help Mac buy that extra half second he needs to let whatever the pass play is develop. So a signing like that, could be huge for Billy, could be huge for Mac. And like you said, uh, the offensive line responds to guys who choose violence on every play like that. Yeah, listen, I mean, we I think we've even talked about it on your show here in the past. Yep. There's a statistic that we used to talk about a lot in the offensive line room, and that is if you run the ball 25 times or more in a game, you're you're the odds are you're winning. I mean, the yep. the it's it's ridiculous, and I can't remember what it is. It's like eighty six percent of the time, right? It's it's an amazing statistic, and and if you think about it in terms of you know, I don't know if most fans know how many players are being called in a, in an average game, right? But let's just say it's sixty five plays in a game, Perfect. right? Yep. Let's put it in that ballpark. So that means you're running about a third of the plays you're running the ball, and and I think a lot of fans would look at that and say, okay, that sounds about right. But the reality is that's not the case in a lot of games, right? Especially the way the game's designed today. The good teams that know how to develop that part of their offensive scheme, running Mm -hmm. the ball effectively, Mm -hmm. and they rush it 25 times or more, their success is through the roof. And I got to tell you, it sets the tone for everybody. It sets the tone, like, you know, special teams. What a crucial part of the game that gets overlooked all the time. But you know what gets a special teamer fired up? When guys are hitting people in the mouth, they're moving the ball consistently. You know what gets your defense fired up? When you're wearing down the other team, letting them hang on the bench and catch an extra breath or two because the running game is effective. So the running game impacts every aspect of, of the entire game and the psyche of everyone there as well. We got to get that going. I don't, I don't think, honestly, if I had to put the level of importance, I don't really care how Mac throws the ball this season. I do care how he, you know, his decision making goes and how he leads. But I'm more concerned on can we get the running game going and can we get it going early? Yeah, the team w- would feed off that. Considering how turbocharged the AFC East is offensively now, 
weapons galore in Miami, Buffalo, the reigning champions, the Jets loading up for what should be a pretty excellent run with Aaron Rodgers. Now Dalvin Cook, all of his receivers, Nicole Hardman, they had the offensive rookie of the year last year and could have had the second offensive rookie if Brees Hall hadn't torn up his leg. And then the AFC overall, there's quarterbacks and offenses from the Super Bowl champs, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are going to be no slouch. The AFC North is going to be another anchorman rumble. You're going to need a great running game, creative play calling, and a sound fundamental defense to be able to hang in all these games this year. And that's what I want to see. And um, I wanted to ask you, now I know you're familiar with Billy O'Brien. I think we talked about him back here on the podcast and how stern and intelligent he can be. Uh, he's one of the best swearers that you ever came across in your time with the Patriots. You had three seasons with him from 09 through 11. Um, what would you say will be the biggest difference when people see the on-field product of Billy O'Brien in the 2023 Patriots versus last year with the 2022 Patriots, sort of led by the offensive minds of Patricia, Judge, and Belichick? I mean, the the biggest thing. I mean, it's going to be hard um, to say what's the biggest difference, although I think just for what the average fan will realize is that there's a lot more um, creativity in how the, the first couple series go, right? So yep. if you look back on last season, I think the frustrating, what, one of the many frustrating aspects to watching the offensive performance is that, man, from almost the very get-go, every single game, you were like calling into question what was being called and why. Right. And I mean, I can just tell you as a former player, I watch a lot of games and I'm like, man, why are they doing that? And, and then the first thing that comes to mind is, well, I wasn't there all week. I, I don't understand what the emphasis was. And they're probably doing it a little bit different or drew it up a little different based on what the defense is doing, blah, 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 blah. But just from a casual fan perspective, I think you're going to see the method to the madness developing in those first couple series. You know, the, the openers in every mm -hmm. game, it that is the chess match, right? We're going to first we're, 15 plays, right? Usually, yeah, yeah. We're, we're drafting up the first dozen to 15, and here's how we want to start the game. Here's what we want to show early. Here's, here's where we'd like to exploit some of their things or see how they're going to line up given this formation. And then from there, it's an if then statement, right? If this happens, then we do that. Last season, it was like, what the hell are we doing? And and how are we going to build off of that? Because it was all bad. Like, I don't know what feedback that they got on the sideline that made them feel good about going into their second series. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you're going to see that with Billy O. I think you're going to see, and I'm not saying it's all going to be roses, right? I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. saying every opening series is going to be, you know, 88 and out the gate. Uh, but I think you're going to see where, you can start to see that plan develop and start to see some of that success and exploit some of these things. But again, it comes down to those guys on the field, right? You can be the mastermind. You can be the Billy O'Brien that we all know. And I know he's damn good at what he does. And, and the guys are going to want to play for Billy O. I can promise you that. He's in it with them, right? Yep. But those guys still have to go out there and perform at a high level. And there's a lot of question marks in that regard as well. Yeah, I'd rather see the F-bombs coming from the offensive coordinator on the sideline who's frustrated because he wants to see things executed better as opposed to the quarterback who's MF-bombing his 
play caller from the middle of the field. Hell, at one point last year, we probably needed to send Mac Jones to the Matt Light Foundation camp or to the to one of your summer camps to work on his leadership because he cares. We know he's passionate. We know he's yeah. super smart. We know he cares. But you got to find a way to hone and harness that energy. And I think that's going to be one of the big things we've talked about here on the radio and on this podcast and in breweries and fan caves around is going to, has been, this will be a more prepared and competent and competitive team where you won't see frustration plays, not going off in the huddle people, people off sides, receivers and tight ends running into each other with bunching and spacing issues. I think you're going to see a return to proper professional fundamentals on the field. And I'm excited for that alone as I am the competition in what's going to be a very difficult, but compelling season for the Pats. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, you have said, even on our airwaves recently, you think this group could actually be pretty solid. Tell me a little bit why you uh, just give me a little insight as to what you think uh, can come from this group. And also uh, you played with Adrian Clem and you've got some familiarity with him. What do you think he's going to bring as far as being the O-line coach to the team? Well, listen, I mean, as far as Clem goes, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was plagued with injuries you know, from the from the day that he got here in New England until he left. Um, but that said, you're talking about a guy that overcame a lot, too. He he got to learn from the Dante Scarnecchias of the world, right, um, mm -hmm. on, on what great coaching looks like. He has a serious love of the game, and he's gone to work, you know, in, in his time uh, since he left the NFL, he made it a point to get to the point where he's at now. And look, you don't come back to an organization like the New England Patriots and a Bill Belichick, you know, coach team without being willing to sacrifice everything to be the best coach you can be. Right. He knows what he's getting into. So I think that should tell you a lot about, you know, what he's going to bring to the table. He's going to be disciplined. He's going to drive these guys each and every day in that offensive line room. Um, he, he knows you know, he knows the system and I'm sure that there's going to be some nuances and I'm sure he's going to bring a few things too, from the player perspective, because yep. what I can also tell you is that there are many times in, in every organization in the NFL where there's a coach that is asking you to do things that every player knows isn't quite possible. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It, it, it's not like they're asking you to, you know, pull a unicorn out of your, you know what, but there's times where, you know, you're sitting there going, eh, because the head coach wants it done a certain way. And then the, the other coaches feel like, well, we just got to do it because the head coach. I can tell you this much. Dante Scarnecchia, it didn't matter who it was. If they threw something out there that he knew wasn't going to be doable, he's going to let them know. And he's going to fight for every guy in that room. And that went a long way for all of us as players. I think you're going to get the same from Clem. So that's a bonus. That's a great thing for those guys in that room. Now the guys in that room, right? Yep. And here's what I would say. David Andrews is a true leader. Matter of fact, I've always said since I got to know him that he's a throwback to our era, right? And he's a guy that would have fit in great with the Dan Copens and the Logan Mankins and the Nick Cashers and the Steve Neals. I mean, we had so many great guys that came through, guys that brought their work pail and, and just wanted to go out there and get better every day. Um, that's what he brings. And, and look, guys follow the David Andrews in the locker room, right? So if he's healthy and he is and he stays out there, that's the number one 
feature on that offensive line. And oh, by the way, quarterbacks love having a center like David Andrews. So the comfort, you know, gets spread around that entire offense. Quarterback happy, you know, offense is going to be a little happier. Now the rest of it, right, we're going to get some guys healthy. Obviously, you know, we got the guard situation looking a little better now. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys are going to start, you know, probably taking a few more reps in some, you know, these remaining preseason games. Um, We're going to see a little bit more, hopefully, out of a guy like Trent. Um, And the rest of it is kind of a question mark, right? What are they going to do at right tackle? I don't know. But I can also say this. When it comes to the the right tackle position, it's been one that's been kind of questionable going all the way back to my days, right? Like, yeah. who do we have? Who are we working in? We bring a guy like Marcus Cannon back, you know, and that was last season, I think, right? They're all blurring together, but yep. it's always been a little bit in flux. Again, keep the running game going. Everything gets a lot easier. So, uh, you know, like I mentioned, the AFC East, well, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, AFC East is going to be incredibly competitive. Uh, we've talked about the fact that the Patriots might be a, a better team, more prepared, more competitive, and yet somehow still, given the level of competition in the division, let alone conference-wide, that they may not even have the same record as last year. Vegas only has them at seven and a half wins as their win total heading into 23, whereas they were at eight and a half last year. They finished eight and nine, yet still there were a couple of games down the stretch, Matt, the Vegas game and the stupid lateral, the fumble at the end of the Cincinnati game. And they were up in Buffalo, but two, you know, leaky kickoff returns and some uh, miscues in the second half against a Bills team that was basically begging to be beaten prevented the Patriots from realizing the playoffs. So what do you, what, you know, how do you see the season shaking out in just a few words? Or what do you think will be, what, what will be the tale told of the 2023 Patriots if everything falls into place and they can stay healthy and competitive? Well, there you have it. I mean, can they stay healthy? And if they stay healthy, I think the competitive side takes care of itself. But let's go back just a little bit because you already highlighted something um, and and noted something that transcended last season in every facet of the game, right? When you have players who are frustrated, who are actively, you know, giving it to the coaches in real time for the world to see, right? That's a sign of a super frustrated player, right? Right. Clearly. And when you have frustrated players, you know what else happens? You have a breakdown in communication throughout the week of preparation. You have a breakdown in trust. You have guys that are bickering amongst each other. And what tells that tale the most? When you see stupid penalties, when you see mental errors that this team doesn't make – I think you probably said it more than I did, but I felt like I was looking at each week going, that's not what we do. That's not a New England Patriot, you know, Bill Belichick coach team. What the heck's going on? Well, I think it's all summed up with what you said earlier. You had a lot of frustrated players, you know, and and that led to a lot of mental errors and other parts of the game that they wouldn't normally have made those plays. When you have a group of guys that are working together, they have a ton of respect for each other. They know that the work they're putting in is meaningful and that it's not just busy work because, hey, that's what coaches do, right? Coaches will just give you stuff just to keep you busy. But in New England, all that work we put in, we knew that every time we took the field, we had a chance to win. But if you're taking the field with some other mental approach, right, based on all the noise and the frustrations, 
that's when you have a season like last season. And with that said, they still had an opportunity of making the playoffs. So now let's go to this season. Honestly, you take all that away, take all that frustration, take those players that were feeling like they were being outed or whatever, and just have a group of guys that are willing to go out there and sacrifice, play Patriot football. I don't see why they wouldn't make the playoffs. You still have the greatest coach in the history of the game. You still have a lot of other coaches that understand that system really well and are willing to show up and, and bust their butt and work hard to make it possible. And you still have enough guys in that locker room. And again, I'll point to the David Andrews. I'll point to a guy on special teams who's still doing it at a high level and commands a lot of respect in that locker room. Guys like that, they're going to make a difference. And hey, look, I'm a throwback, but you need veteran players to speak truth into the younger players. As we noted earlier, kids today, and especially those that are coming in, you know, that are young guys are going to be asked to do a lot. This is a bit of a rude awakening to walk into a system like this. But the vets can look at him and say, hey, man, sometimes you just got to sit down, shut up, get in line and work your ass off and it'll all work out for the better. If they can do that we'll look at a season where they can go into the playoffs. I, I I could ask for nothing more as a fan. Of course, they'll be compelling one way or another in media reporting, broadcasting, but just tracing it all back to the fundamentals of my fandom as a lifelong diehard Pats fan. That's all I want to see. I've seen six Super Bowls. You guys went to nine. Uh, six were one. There's just an end zone of Lombardi's. I have a closet full of championship, AFC East, AFC champion, Super Bowl t-shirts. It's it, lifetimes of joy, celebration, success, arrogance, obnoxiousness. It, all, all of it has been brought and then some by the Patriots over the last 20 years. Just get back to the basics. Be competitive. Play good football. Don't make mistakes. Give us something to cheer for and be proud of each and every week. The way that you did in your days, the way that you do now in your post-playing career. Clean up those mistakes with the veterans. Looks like a good rookie class as well uh, with Gonzo, White, and Marte Mapu, the first couple of picks. And I think it's going to be a fun season for one and all. Brother, I love each and every time that you join the podcast and shed some of your, your wisdom. I avoided saying light because that would be too easy. But your wisdom, your experience, uh, your knowledge, and more. Uh, one more time, if people want to enter for the chance to not only support the great work Matt and Susie and the Light family do with the Light Foundation, but also, oh, I don't know, maybe get to go to the game of the year, the hottest ticket in the NFL, you can visit mattlight72.com, thelightfoundation.org, or go to the specific website, celebratetb12.com, for just $10, or you could spend $100, or you could drop $1,000, whatever. Enter as many times as you want. Each and every entry into the contest goes to the great work the Light Foundation does with our youth today. And you may just win a chance to go to that game, shake hands with, and take a photo with TB12 himself, which is almost as cool as meeting and taking a photo with MF and Matt Light. <laughs> Listen, Fitzy, I always love being on your show. Uh, hats off to you and all the work that you do. You've been doing it forever, man. And listen, you sounded like Bill Belichick when you were summarizing what you want to see for the season. And I can tell you, he used to put it, and I'm sure he still talks to him today, we want to play smart, fast, and nasty. If they get back to that style of football, I think we're all going to have a lot of fun this season. Yeah, smart, fast, and nasty. SNF in these parts usually means Sunday night football. When I see those letters from now on, I'm going to think about you. Smart, fast, and nasty in your sexy little robe there in your little Super Bowl office. I love it. 
All right, Matt Light has been our guest today on Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate everything that you guys do. Appreciate your time today as well. Hope you have a great season. Hope all the Foxborough faithful have a great season as well. We'll be back with more later this week, getting you guys ready for the Patriots pretend season game number two, Saturday night at Lambeau Field. Good day. God bless. Thanks, everybody. And as always, go Pats.